Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. Also brought to you by L&M Marine L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. Uh, one thing about it, the weather is definitely amazing. Uh, got got some good rain, got an inch of rain we, that we definitely needed. And, uh, man, the temperature is is awesome. Got some cool mornings and some, you know, getting back up in the 70s. And, man, I've been talking to some people around the state before the podcast even. And uh, a lot of people are on the water right now. A lot of tournaments still going on and a lot of people catching fish. So looking forward to this episode uh, to kind of see what's happening with this fall pattern as the weathers are changing and uh, how that's affecting our fish and, and, and the right way to catch them. But before we get to how to catch the fish, man, I love the next segment, the management minute with Norman Latona with Southeastern Pond Management. We're going to kick things off with Norman. What's going on, my friend? Hey, buddy. How are you, Brian? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just enjoying this weather. Like I was saying, it's, uh, it's hard not to enjoy this time of year. It has been beautiful. You're right. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, uh, man, whether you're getting outside to fish or, or deer hunt or whatever you're doing, it's, uh, it's a great time of the year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're kind of ready for it to cool down a little bit and get into some real fall weather. We're, we're getting there, I think. Yeah, we're getting there, man. Hopefully right around the corner. And I know, uh, I know a lot of people is looking forward to get a little cooler, especially all our deer hunters around the state. Man, I know I'm I'm looking forward to man, I have not un, unbelievable, but I have not even been in a tree yet this year, which is a shame. I'm I embarrassed to even either. say it. <laughs> but just I one of those either. years, I, man. Just things going yeah. on and uh 
kids got stuff that they're involved in and it's just man i just ain't been mad at it yet but i i know that i know as soon as that cool weather hits i'll be ready that's right yeah well well man you know let's let's talk about i know one of the topics we want to talk about today is we talk about we've talked a lot lately with you about preparing a lake you know whether it's you know refurbishing an old lake or putting in a new lake and you know, and liming and fertilizing and, and putting in uh, bait fish and forage. Uh, we go through all of that. And, you know, the reason we do that is because we want to have a healthy pond or a healthy lake on our property. Uh, but all that translates into this question, I know. But, you know, one of the, to- the topic we want to talk about today is big bass not just a healthy lake and i know all that comes together but when you are really trying to grow big bass in your pond let's let's go down that road yeah and i you know i'd say if not the majority and certainly a large number of our customers that's their their ultimate objective is is to to grow really big bass and and so we we spend a lot of time a lot of our management inputs are are geared toward that as the ultimate end. And really, when you talk about growing a big bass or big fish in general, you know, in this case, bass, you're looking at three three major uh, uh, components to to doing that. And, and it's it's no different really than than you know whitetails, for example. And and those three are age, nutrition, and genetics. And uh, so, you know, we tell people all the time and, you know, some of these things are, are, are common sense, you know, are sort of intuitive. But, you know, obviously you can't have a, a trophy size bass. And by the way, we, de- we define trophy size uh, as anything greater than 20 inches. And then that's just sort of an arbitrary number that we grab. You know, you got to have something for our purposes. We say anything greater than 20 inches in total length is, is in that trophy range. And, you know, those fish could weigh anywhere from, you know, seven, eight pounds up to, you know, whatever, depending on how healthy they are and, and how long they are. But, but getting back to the, the idea of, of those three components, you know, we, we, we tell folks all the time, you can't produce trophy bass w- without putting some, some age on them. You know, at least up to now, and there have been some some remarkable gains in terms of uh, genetics. We'll get to in a minute with with largemouth bass, but uh, there's still a, an element of time required to to for these fish to to reach their the their growth potential to get into that trophy size range, and obviously the other two components, which are nutrition. And genetics have a lot to do with how short or, or lengthy that, that time period is. But at the end of the day, it takes some age to produce a trophy bass, whether that's, you know, three or four years, five, six, seven, eight years, whatever. But you can't do it overnight. So that's number one. You know, it's absolutely impossible to have a trophy-sized bass without some age on it. So you want to protect those fish as they get up close to that trophy size range, uh, those fish you have time invested in, they have some age on them, and those are the ones that are have the greatest potential to be trophies. 
Um, so we, we obviously try to practice catch and release, for example, on those fish once they get up to that 16, 17 plus inch range. And that leads into the second uh, important piece to that, which is, which is nutrition. And that's the one where we have the greatest direct impact on um, as managers we can affect or, or impact nutrition probably uh, easier than the other two. You know, we can't do anything about time. You know, time is time. Um, but we can uh, do something about nutrition. In other words, what kind of food is available to the fish? How much of it's available? What's the size of the forage that's available? Uh, we can, through uh, our management efforts, through uh, our management inputs, we can enhance the availability, the abundance, uh, the size, the diversity, uh, et cetera, of the food source. And that directly impacts in a huge way the, 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 the growth rate of the individual fish. Uh, and, and it certainly, as we increase and enhance uh, food availability and optimize that, it increases the growth rates and it decreases the the time that it takes for a fish to reach that trophy size. Uh, so that's where we spend most of our time. You know, that's what, where we can have the greatest effect. Things like even uh, liming and fertilizing ultimately uh, impact that. Even though it's way down the food chain, uh, if we can create better water quality, more fertile environment, we can stimulate more forage production, which translates ultimately into more food for the bass that are swimming around that we're trying to grow. So all these inputs, whether it's liming, fertilizing, supplemental feeding, supplemental stocking, all these inputs contribute to producing a greater amount of forage, which ultimately enhances the bass's ability to grow and become True trophies. The last major component that we that we talk about is is genetics, and 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 I say last. It's 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 you know not necessarily the least important, but but it's 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 the last of those three factors. Ultimately, when we uh, allow the the age class to grow and develop properly, when we give the fish time, uh, we put age on them, and we and we have optimal nutrition, uh, we can maximize the amount of forage available to them, then the other factor that comes into play is the, the actual genetics of the fish. Does that fish genetically have the ability to grow into trophy into a trophy size? And there's been lots and lots of research done on that, particularly recently. There's some cool stuff that's being done. There's a a major hatchery um, in the South, down in South Georgia, that's that's doing some really cool stuff with genetics and and working to uh, do basically um, selective breeding, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, and pair these uh, these fish that exhibit high growth rates, maximum high maximum size, fast growth rates. Uh, with you know fish that are also aggressive, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the magic is combining all three of those factors and ultimately producing 
consistently producing trophy fish is the culmination of, of the successful successfully bringing together all of those three components. So it's yeah. not any one of them, uh, but all, all three of them in concert. Absolutely. Yeah, and and you know that's uh, it's it's you, you almost have to have somebody like you guys to be part of your pond to do this on a consistent basis because you know ponds go through cycles you know from a new pond to one that's flourishing it's got the right ratio of bait fish to bass and then ultimately it's got too many bass and not enough bait fish and then they start Mm-hmm. There's so many things to the life of it to manage to consistently get these fish. Like you said, there's a lot that comes into play in that from, you know, with your with your forage fish and the number of bass you have and the age of those fish and things like that. And, you know, I, I relate it. I relate this conversation a little bit back to back to deer hunting. And, and you know, I love mm-hmm. going up to the Midwest just like you do sometimes and you know, whether it's Kansas or whether it's Kentucky or Iowa or Illinois, I mean, you see these Midwestern states and they've got gigantic bucks. And why do they have gigantic bucks? Well, it kind of comes back to some of those same things you talked about. One is they the way that their seasons run up there, their bag limits. These deer up there get an opportunity to grow up and mature, so they get age on them. Number two is nutrition. The Midwest, I mean, there's a reason that the majority of the corn is, that's where it's grown. I mean, their their soil is extremely fertile. So you've got the fertile soil that grows fertile crops and browse or whatever it may be that these deer are eating. And um, and then you got genetics. So you've got great genetics up there. And, and, and so they grow bigger deer. I mean, they got <laughs> bigger bodies, bigger horns. All of it, but it's because they've got those same three components that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, every every lake is different, and you hit the nail on the head. There there's so much variability uh, from year to year, from lake to lake. Um, I think that's where you know, not to toot our horn. I mean, but that 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 is where having a a, a consultant, a management group, somebody that you know, biologists that can come in and, and assess, which we do with most of our of our ongoing customers, you know, annually, sort of where things are. We do that primarily with electrofishing. You know, we can actually take a snapshot of everything. You know, there's no guesswork. You know, we can look at the fish. We weigh them. We, we measure them. You know, we count them. And so we look at so many of these these lakes that that we we obviously over the years developed a feel for you know what inputs are needed you know in some cases what needs to be you know what what harvest rates need to be and you know there are a lot of a lot of variables that that can affect that from one lake to the next you know in a sense these lakes are like again making a deer analogy they're like big high fences which is which is to our benefit in terms of being able to to, to control things. But the other side of it is we have to be on top of what's going on in there. Let's say, for example, there's a really heavy, heavy largemouth bass spawn one year. Uh, just take, or, or maybe there's a, a super light largemouth bass spawn one year. You know, these are just natural phenomenons that occur in lakes uh, that we can't completely control. 
but say in the case of having a super heavy bass spawn, well, we get this massive pulse of bass fry and fingerlings that recruit into the system. So you've got this year class of bass that's moving on up through the population that's super abundant. And if you don't stay on top of that or get on top of that fairly quickly, if you're not aware of it and do things to address it, i.e. increase your harvest rate primarily in that in that instance, then you end up with a bass crowded condition fairly quickly, you know, with a year class of fish that's impacting everything about the lake. And it impacts the amount of forage available to all the fish, you know, the competition among the bass, you know, because the, the numbers are so much higher. So, uh, yeah, I think it is very, it's, it's hugely valuable to have a group, you know, biologists that can come in, look at the population, look at the fish community and say, here's where we are today relative to where we were 12 months ago. And here's where we need to make adjustments if we want to stay on that trajectory uh, with that ultimate goal being to produce these trophy bass. This is what we need to do. We need to take this out. We need to put this in and and continue on our way. Yeah, I, I like your analogy uh, with a high fence because it's, it's very – that's a, that's a great analogy because when you're in a pond, and it kind of leads to another question I had, you know, you've got a pond environment, you've got a controlled environment that you can absolutely control. There's, there's nothing about that pond with the right management team that you can't control. You can get the right fertilizer, you can get the right lime, you can get the right forage, you can take the right number of fish out and ultimately turn you guys can basically turn any pond like that into a trophy lake over time if, you, if you're given the opportunity. You know, and we see all the time, we see these pictures of these fish and we hear about these fish, you know, I caught, you know, this 10-pound or 11-pound or 12-pound or caught out of these, these, these awesome ponds and lakes. And then you go and you look at, you know, some of our river systems around the state well, what you might consider a trophy in your pond may be anything over nine pounds or 10 pounds. What you might consider a trophy in one of those river systems is anything over six or seven pounds. And sure. so it, you know, and, and it's because you guys can impact. And there's a lot of other factors, I'm sure, as well. I mean, we know, like, if we take like Logan Martin, it's got plenty of forage, but you don't see a lot of eight and 10 pound bass come out of there and it's a healthy body of water it's got plenty of food source why do the river systems like that typically you don't see those really big gunnersville maybe a little exception you see some huge fish come out of there uh but mm-hmm. as far as the number of people that are fishing it's still rare but why is the river system more of a challenge for big fish well yeah, I think it's just it's just it goes back to the ability to control all those variables. You know, same same way, you know, again the same logic applied to to a high fence. You know, you you've got a a, a controllable in a pond, uh even in a larger lake, even in something that's, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 acres, um you've got something that you have complete control over. Now there may be uh, a a heavy burden, it may be a cost to lime and fertilize and do all these things, but it but but it's achievable. Whereas in these river systems, not only is there 
they're massive. They're very difficult to control. You can't really control what comes in, what goes out. You certainly can't directly impact the level of fertility, for example. Um, there's also lots of other competition in Logan Martin and even in Lake Gunnersville. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of other adult predators. There's which compete with the bass, for example, for, for food and space. And, and, and there's all sorts of forage competitors that compete with the shad and the bluegill and the, and the other fish that, that primarily are the, the, the source of food for the bass. So it's just a lot, way more uh, variables, you know, in a, in a large river system than in a pond. And in the pond, you, you, you have the ultimate control. Not that it doesn't take effort, and uh, certainly not that you don't have to stay on top of it, but clearly we can affect the change, and we see it all the time. I was talking to Scott, my partner, uh, just yesterday about a lake that they had shocked uh, either Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday. Uh, it was about a 15-acre lake in Shelby County, and the thing had had a pretty significant fish kill uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, and most of the adult bass were gone. Uh, there was still quite a bit of forage left. In fact, the bluegill were kind of out of control because there weren't enough predators left to sort of keep it in check. And uh, that's that's a pretty simple fix for us. It's not the end of the world. In fact, we, you just, we can stock adult predators uh, which is a pretty simple thing to do at a fairly low stocking rate, you know, 50, 60, 80, 100, maybe at the most per acre of, say, 10, 12, 14 inch bass, and let them take advantage of all that forage. And uh, Scott was telling me, you know, the results of that shock. And I think we stocked 60 or 70 bass to the acre. They were probably, you know, averaged around 11 or 12 inches roughly a year ago. Uh, maybe a little more than a year ago, and they they electrofished it this week, and he just said, "Man, it was incredible." He said they were, you know, the bass were just, you know, two pounds, three pounds, fattest footballs, you know, clearly taking advantage of all that forage, and were on their way. To, it was on its way to being just a fantastic lake. Again, getting back to that age thing, they weren't there yet. You know, you didn't have enough age on them for them to be trophy size, but. We had pegged that nutrition, the, 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 the second piece, and the genetics piece, the good genetics in there. And so it's just a matter of time, you know, getting back to that first thing, age. If you keep those other two things in line, uh, you know, another year or two, you'll be, that lake will be producing some really fantastic uh, largemouth bass. And that's a lake that was just an absolute wreck, you know. Yeah. 14, 15 yeah. months ago. So the ability to manipulate and control things in a pond is so much greater than in these big river systems. And certainly, you know, our, our DNR uh, do a phenomenal job and, they, you know, of, of taking care of the lakes and making them fantastic fisheries. But uh, managing a pond in a lot of ways is, 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 is much easier. Uh, than than, yeah. than these big reservoirs. You, you know, and that kind of brings me to to the last question I have. If you have a lake where everything's right, if you've got if you guys have come in, y'all have got the lake in good shape, and you put the bass in, 
you know, manage it throughout the years. How many years does it take for a bass to get to be what most of us would consider a trophy-sized bass? Yeah, well, uh, you know, that's a bit of a loaded question. We get that a lot. I'll say this. Starting from scratch, which, you know, we love to do, uh, either brand-new lakes or, or renovated lakes that, that we restock from 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 scratch, we routinely see two pounds uh, per year. Some in some individuals, we see growth rates that that exceed that. You know, even upwards of three pounds or more per year. Now, those are brand new lakes that have all the boxes checked. These are not uh, dig a hole right. and throw a bunch of fish in it. You know, and and that's what people you know need to understand. These are lakes that have been constructed properly. Uh, they have control of their water flow. They have their, they've been properly limed. They are, they're fertilized. They, they are stocked properly with the, with their objective in mind. You know, we stock new lakes with trophy, with a, tro- a, a slant toward trophy bass. We stock them differently than we do a lake that, that, that someone says, Hey, we just want to, you know, want a good balanced fish population. We're not concerned about growing trophy size fish. We just want to be able to catch a lot of fish. So, you know, we may stock different types of forage in a lake that's geared toward trophy bass production. For example, we, we may stock more forage per acre in a lake that's geared toward uh, trophy bass production. You know, we may institute a supplemental feeding program very early on in a lake that's geared toward uh, trophy bass production. We're really pushing that lake along, you know, check all the boxes. And in those cases, Brian, we do see, you know, lakes that produce bass that are growing at, at rates of up to three pounds or more per year. Wow. We, we, we see fish wow. that are, you know, three years old that are pushing 10 pounds. Good gracious. Um, so, you know, that's where we are in terms of genetics nowadays. Yeah, um, that's amazing. By the same token, it is. It really is remarkable to watch it. But by the same token, those fish, again, genetics is important. And, and if you provide the, the, the time, the age, and the nutrition uh, along with those genetics, you can see those kind of results. But if you miss one of those other two pieces of the puzzle, uh, then you can also uh, see uh, poor performance. You know, those, those bass that have superior genetics uh, and, and, you, and you let them uh, stay in there for long enough, you know, three, four, five, six years, but you don't feed them, they're not going to be eight, nine, 10, 12 pounds because yeah. you, you're missing that, that, that middle cog, that, that nutrition piece of it. So all these things work in concert. It's really not, there's nothing magic about it. It's just a matter of keeping everything uh, in balance, keeping an eye on everything, making adjustments where you need to. And, and you can have, you can have, great success uh, growing fish up to that quality and trophy size fairly rapidly. That's awesome, man. I, I love hearing that. And, and that is exciting what they're doing with genetics right now. And, and they've come a long, long ways and it's only going to get better and provide more opportunities to, to catch some really amazing fish here in the future, I think. But the main thing is you got to have somebody like you guys managing it, uh, whether it's y'all or whether it's somebody else, so you, somebody needs to be looking after that pond and, and controlling those factors. If you want to grow 
really big bass. So with that, Norman, if somebody wants to contact you and talk to you about this more, maybe get you to come out and start looking, look at their lake. What's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, sure. And and I'll, and I'll add this. I do think speaking again of those genetics, uh, I think in the next decade, uh, particularly down in the, in the deep South, we're going to see uh, a significant increase in the number of trophy sized bass that, that we're able to produce in these ponds uh, because of the genetic improvements, because of the number of folks that are committed to, to and who understand uh, all these components that we talked about today. And certainly among our client roster, we have lots of folks that are, that are doing all these things. Uh, so it is, it's an exciting time. Folks can reach out to me directly. Easiest way to get me, Brian, is my cell phone. And that number is 205-288-1371. And uh, they can always uh, visit us on the web and, and connect with us that way at fcpond.com. Good stuff, Norman. Well, I appreciate it, man. Another good segment. Always love having you on here, brother. And uh, great information. Y'all give Norman a call. Uh, like I said, he, he, if, if you want to pick his brain about something or – you know, questions for him or want you to come look at his, want you get him to come look at your lake. Uh, he'll be more than happy to Norman. We appreciate it as always, brother. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Thanks Brian. Same here, buddy. All right, man. Take care. All right, guys, let's take a few minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Mallard Bay outdoors. Mallardbay.com is the Airbnb style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook, and they can help you find your dream hunt. Also brought to you by AFCO, family-owned and operated. AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O dot com for on-the-water performance gear. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Great first segment with Norman. Uh, love having him on here. And, man, just just full of knowledge. And it's exciting to hear about the things genetically that's going on with with bass uh, out, of this, out of this fishery, hatchery in South Georgia. Man, well, I think we're going to see some really exciting stuff over the next several years when it comes to being able to stock some bass that are truly going to put up some gigantic numbers. But, hey, let's get to our second segment. And, uh, man, I'm excited about this segment. been looking forward to having Mr. Wesley Cole on. What's going on, Wesley? Uh, not much. Just uh, getting ready to wishing I was fishing right now, honestly. Man, no doubt. It's a beautiful day for it, that's for sure. Yeah, we, uh, we got to get out yesterday morning for a little while in Bear Creek Reservoir. Just right down the road from my house, close to Russell, Alabama, and got to put a limit together and got some fish to put in the grease. That's what I'm talking about. So, 
Wesley, you and your dad, if I understand right, y'all are the chairman of the chairman and co-chairman, I guess, of the crappie trail here in the state of Alabama, correct? Yes, sir. We uh we took over I guess it's been about three weeks now that, that it's been in our possession uh with Alabama Crappie Masters, which is is affiliated with Crappie Masters, the national trail. We're allowed to qualify eight teams out of the state to uh fish in the national championship with Crappie Masters each year. Awesome. So, you know, I know we all know, of course, bass tournaments there. You can go to any lake in Alabama and there's one pretty much every weekend. Uh, and so everybody, all our listeners are very familiar. I'm sure with, with all the, with the bass trails that we have and, and the tournaments, but you know, with the crop, we don't hear about the crappie side as much. We don't hear about that, the tournaments and stuff as, as much as we do on the bass side. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it. How many tournaments do you guys put on a year? You know, what number of boats? How's it different? Just uh, the whole day. Uh, well, I mean, the, the turnout, the turnout for crappie fishing is not like bass fishing. You know, you mean you could have a local bass derby that puts out 250 boats, you know, uh, especially yep. like here, not far from us, you know, like on Gunnersville, it seems like there's a bass tournament every day. But on the crappie side, I mean, the payouts, haven't been as good and that's been one of the problems uh since we got a state trail is that there was no guaranteed money or paybacks uh so guys from south alabama you know pretty much the money they was getting paid was was the money you know that was accumulated off a hundred dollar entry fee which is what we're allowed to charge because the state trails when Crappie Masters came up with the state trails was to encourage people at a entry level to start tournament fishing. So, you know, if you had 10 boats show up for every 10 boats, that's a thousand dollars accumulated in the pot. And, you know, for a guy to trailer across the state, uh, it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't even covering the expenses. Uh, they was losing money. It was just, they was just fishing tournaments to try to fish tournaments, uh, because that's just what they wanted to do. And, the turnouts are not, I, I think the average last year and the years prior, you know, probably around 10 boats. Um, you know, the best tournaments was 15 to 20. And, you know, we're trying to, I've been working avidly to get some, some, some support locally in these destinations. We, we've got the first tournament set December 10th. That's on Neely Henry uh, out of Coosa Landing. As of right now, before anybody shows up, we got it guaranteed, you know, because of sponsors and support, $1,000 first place, uh, which is a, a huge leap uh, in the right direction. Uh, it's been kind of limited, us kind of changing hands this late in the year. But, you know, we're trying to get to where, where the anglers feel like there's a trail for them that's working to, you know, because I'm an angler. Uh, this was my first season of tournament fishing. So I, I get it, the, the, you know, the kind of the disgruntlement in the past, uh, especially with the state trail. Now, you can go fish national events, and, and you know, the payday is pretty good, you know, if you show up to a national event. But our state trail has not not produced those payouts uh, in the past, and that's what we're trying to work, trying to build something going into our first year and then really try to maximize that going into year two. You know, that was something me and my dad both had talked about. You know, we'd like to see, you know, a guaranteed of, you know, a $2,000 payout one day at, at every qualifier and a $5,000 guaranteed payout. 
and, and but also to pay out for every five boats to pay one in five. You know, if for every five teams right. to show up, that's one place that it gets paid out. So, you know, a 30-boat tournament, that, that's six boats and so forth and so on. Well, just that in itself will, you know, generate a lot more boats coming to these tournaments. Because like you said, it's, it's, it's hard to, to load your boat up on a trailer and go get a hotel and stay somewhere and eat out and all that and not even and put gas in your boat if the potential of of winning at least a decent check isn't even on the table. Yes, I mean, and, and me being, you know, I, I get it. I'm an angler. I'm not. I still don't look at myself as a tournament director, uh, but it was kind of kind of in a situation that you know take it or we won't have a state trail this year, and you know, and, and we got to fish the national championship this time because of the state trail. So we we have too many lakes and too many good fishermen in the state not to have a state trail comparable to like Mississippi and Georgia, which has very healthy state trails, but they're trails that is under good leadership and has been very well managed, you know, over the course of many years. And, you know, like Mississippi, they actually have two state trails because the turnout's so great. Uh, Crappie Masters allows them to have two state trails. So the state of Mississippi gets to qualify 16 teams a year. That's amazing. That really surprises me, Wesley, because I lived in Mississippi the majority of my adult life. You know, from Alabama, back in Alabama for a bunch of years now, but probably the majority of my life was spent in Mississippi as an adult. And there's no water in that state other than Grenada and Sardis and Rayburn. And then you've got, you know, the Oxbow Lakes and stuff on the Mississippi River. And that's it. Uh, there's not a lot of water in Mississippi, but for, for, and I don't know why this is, you know, my dad's in North Louisiana. He went to the boat ramp this morning, crappie fishing. And if you're not there, if you're not there at the right time, you won't even find a parking spot. And they're all crappie fishermen. It, and I don't know if it's just that their bass fishing isn't as good, so people crappie fish more. But it just seems like, and I know, and, and look, we've got the water here in the state, and we've got great crappie fishing no matter where you go in the state, you're not far from great crappie fishing. Uh, I don't know if it's just that we've concentrated and put more of our tournament efforts on the bass and, and, and the crappie fishing has just kind of been the ugly stepbrother or whatever. But I'm glad to see that you guys are doing what you're doing. I, 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 you know, when you're starting at a great lake at Neely Henry, I mean, known for amazing crappie fishing and, uh, and big fish. So, uh, I'm glad to see that you guys are, are, are ramping that up because there's no reason for a state like Mississippi to be able to quality, you know, have two trails with, a, with not very much water compared to comparable to what we have and us just, you know, have, have one and, and that's been struggling. So glad you guys are doing what you're doing. Uh, I mean, we're, we're excited with it. Uh, we we kind of molded over a few days to make sure I just know how me and him are. Oh, uh, that's like what we had talked about. We knew if we did it, we was we was jumping in with both feet, and and it was going to take some time and energy to get it to where we wanted it to be, or and, and you know if you know we're hoping to keep it long term. Uh, but the day comes that we're not able to do that any longer or whatever that we've set a tone for, for you know for the next people. Oh, uh, if it changes hands, and that's been one of the problems with Alabama Crappie Masters is. 
it has changed hands every every year for the last three or four years. You know, so there, there's been no consistency yeah. to it. You know, so so the guy that comes in and has this plan, and and maybe year one didn't go the way they had hoped. Uh, but but you know, Neely Henry's Great Lake. We've got we've got some great support. You know, in these these communities are doing what they can on such short notice uh, because we acquired it so late and, you know, budgets for 2023 had already been made and kind of money allocated. Uh, so we're, we're just trying to get what we can get. Uh, but, but, you know, as far as like the payouts, you know, last year uh, was my first year to, to fish the state trail uh, or really any tournaments for that matter. But to, to where it was at last year, we're excited at how eager people are and excited about the state trail, you know, and that wasn't something we expected kind of going into it. So, oh, uh, we're, we're just going to try to get to to have the best payouts that we possibly can to try to increase our turnouts, you know, year one, gain some momentum, build some relationships with these communities. And, you know, that, that be a destination on the map every year. Uh, this year we'll have six qualifiers. First one being December the tenth on Neely Henry, and then from there we'll we'll hit Alabama River. February we'll be on Weiss. Then March we'll be on Pickwick Wilson. You have the opportunity to fish both of those lakes. And we're actually running a uh, a joint tournament with Crappie USA on a national event, and we kind of did that to you know some of these guys that. You're going to get to whether you fish crop USA that day or not. You get to weigh on their stage, so it gives it a national, you know, event feel, and it's hard to replace that national event feel when you got people from all over right. the country competing. Uh, and then, then from there, we'll go. I want to say April is Lake Jordan, and then May will be at Lake Mitchell. Uh, try to try to get three three in the northern part of the state, three in the south. You know, be fair as fair as we could be um where we could get you know some support and um that that way that way the south the people from the southern part of the state's not always traveling to the north you know over vice versa right. and then uh then in june we're real excited about this one it's uh it'll be on logan martin's the the championship uh be the state championship on logan martin june 9th and 10th so uh and have got a lot of support from that area was just excited to have a crappie tournament that they have a, a you know just a ton of bass tournaments and even quite a few catfish tournaments but not many not many crappie tournaments which is kind of surprising to me because uh it's very often logan martin comes up in the conversation of crappie fishing you know and which a lot of these like most all the lakes that's on the this the map is is crappie destinations, you know, like the Alabama River. Uh, American Crappie Trail was in Alabama on, on the Alabama River back early in the spring, and the guy that won that said that if the conditions hadn't been right, they was dealing with a lot of high water that, you know, he could have caught 18 pounds a day on seven pitch. That's, that's some big old crappie, you know. Good gracious. Hey, you can't you can't do that in a bass tournament on, on Logan Martin right now. You know, but live sonar has advanced the crappie fishing sport and it has gained traction on a national level as far as turnouts and stuff but but what's what's kind of happening on the national level and we're hoping to do that on the state level here you know crappie fishing for years you know I, i'm 29 years old so i was kind of in my area i was 
I was different. I wasn't a bass guy growing up, you know, like all my friends and all that. And crappie fishing has been really an old man sport for, for years and years um, because crappie fishing was, you know, time on the water and, you know, because they are unpredictable and, and hard to pattern, you know, outside the spawn, they, they become very difficult in different times of the year. But what, what live sonar has done is it's brought an excitement to crappie fishing from the younger generation, you know, even like my age group and, and even younger, uh, Hayden Jeffries, and this kid out of Mississippi is wearing them out. And he's in his early 20s. And he he has won this year. He won Crappie Masters National Championship. He won American Crappie Trail National Championship. He just won a $100,000 check in Branson, Missouri with the Mr. Crappie, uh, Crappie Expo. So wow. he, he's turned some eyeballs, you know. that I mean, he's a young guy. He's come in, you know. And, when they when they done that podcast with the Crappie Connection and he they was interviewing him, he had fished twenty two tournaments this year and had won sixteen of twenty two. Good gracious, this guy's got it figured yeah, out. Yeah, he's uh he is he is one with his electronics and he's he's picked well it the up. electronics have changed the game for sure and 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 I was actually having a a conversation about this with my dad this morning and he uh he he limited out on his lake in North Louisiana but it has changed the game for sure. He does. He's not an electronics guy. He just, I mean, he's 82 years old. He, he, you know, great crappie fisherman, but he has found that, you know, he can't consistently catch fish all year long in those same spots that he used to be able to. And it's, and one reason is because there's no secrets anymore. Uh, you can't, you, you know, if there's, if there's structure and these crappie fishermen, with the electronics or, or looking, they're going to find it. And so there's, there's no secrets and you have to, these guys that, you know, that are on that same lake that are geared up and have the right electronics, they're catching fish all, all year long and, uh, and more fish. And so it is, it has definitely changed the game and brought some excitement. Like you said, from, the, from the younger generation, great to hear this guy from Mississippi's doing what he's doing. That's phenomenal. And man, we got some phenomenal crappie fishermen all over the state. I mean, you know, Brad Whitehead and Tracy Umber and, and the Gunnersville and Pickwick area. And then you got Lee Pitts over at, you know, Neely Henry and Weiss Lake and Tony Adams down at Ufall. I mean, and the list goes on. And these are great. These guys are all great resources. And, and man, they catch a lot of dang fish. Uh, are y'all going, do y'all have plans for you? Uh, not, not this year. I didn't have any contact when we took over. We had five days put together a schedule. Oh and my goodness. When we contacted the wife, Lake chamber of commerce, she gave a list of contacts of communities and lakes, you know, that was known to support the crappie fishing. Uh, some communities are not, uh, Gunnersville city being one of them that, I mean, they're, their cash cow is is bass fishing. That's that they don't. That, that's that's their money. That's right. Maker. And that's know, their money maker. And, and we can't compete at this time with with the turnouts that bass bass fishing brings. I mean, it, it may not ever get to that point, but uh, probably the wisest words I've ever been told. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking with Blake Jackson, which is the owner of crappie masters american crappie trail and crop usa so all three of the national trails he's the owner of now uh that may not ever get to where the bass world's at but if we can just have 
you know, a decent fraction of it. We're so much farther ahead with, you know, competitive crop fishing than we've ever been. And, and that was, that was actually a really good way to look at it. You know, he said his goal was for it to be, be up there with bass fishing, set a high goal. And, you know, we're at lands one day. I mean, in the past four years, it, it's grown a lot, mainly because of the younger generation, more of a, a turnout from them. And, and it's growing every year on the national level. And, you know, so now's the opportunity to, you know, for us to have a healthy state trail. Um, I, I love Alabama. I love crappie fishing. I love crappie fishing in Alabama. So there's, we're going to take pride in, in that, but, you know, but for our guys, you know, we got, a, we got a state trail that we can be proud of that is comparable to, to what's around us, you know, but, but the guys running those trails have been really fair because that's uh, you'll get a lot of disgruntled people if somebody feels like you're playing favorites you oh know, yeah so, you know uh i actually had spoke with scott williams which is a uh, director of the georgia called peach state trail or whatever and then that's like the, the best piece of advice that he said he could give me uh being new to to a director role was treat everybody like kevin van Dam. and i was like well that's right that makes a lot of sense you know because I think here in recent years, some of the guys in Alabama felt like, you know, favorites, uh, that there's been some favoritism there and the rules have been bent and then, you know, poor payouts and stuff like that, which poor payouts turn into poor turnouts. And so it was just fighting to get some sales and um, nothing against those guys. Those are great guys. It's just, you know, running the trails, it takes a lot. And, you know, these guys didn't have the support, you know, I actually, it's a luxury to, to have a dad that kind of shares that same passion that I do, you know, to, yeah, no doubt. to take, take some of the load off. But, too, you know, it allows us to make twice as many phone calls to try to get, you know, sponsors and setting up schedules and, and, and stuff like that. So, All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. I just sent you. I sent you some names of some great guys I think would be pretty impactful resources yeah, for you. If, if any of that list was some of the guys you named, uh, me and Brad Whitehead are actually really good friends and talk quite often. And, and he's a great good. guy, great guide. He actually is who got me set up uh, to be on the pro staff with, with slider baits and uh, 
and then slider translated into another opportunity, which is I hold jigs. Uh, Blake oh, yeah. and uh, and his wife, you know, they're, they're out of Dothan, Alabama, and I was just they're awesome. Yep. To uh, to represent an Alabama company, and then I got to meet Blake, and I mean, they're just great people at, at Slider and I hold jigs. So I, I like to represent companies that that I feel like puts me in a good light, and you know, and I try to do the same in return. Um, sure. And even Tracy, you know, Tracy, we're we're here in the same area and fish a lot of the same lakes. Him and I met him through uh, Brad Whitehead. Well, I'll be up there with Tracy and Brad, smallmouth fishing. What is what's the day? In about a week and a half. Well, you be sure to give Brad Whitehead a hard time because he's uh he gave up crappie fishing for smallmouth fishing. And the smallmouth got he, they, he's locked in right now. Yeah. He hey, is. but he's sending these pictures. He's sending me. I don't blame him. He ought to be locked in on that right now because they are they are having a ball catching these smallmouth up there right now. Uh, that's what he told me when he uh, he texted <laughs> me and told me that he was getting rid of his side pulling boat and he was uh, taking another route and I thought he was going to break down the live scope with us and uh, he said no I'm uh, I'm gonna start doing smallmouth trips and he sent me some pictures and said here's here's some brown reasons why <laughs> so I, I I was shocked you know I know yeah. Uh, I know the lake he fish he fishes is you know Pickwick's an awesome place for smallmouth fishing always has been and I'm not a smallmouth or a bass guy at all but um, a lot of guys in the area they flock to, to Pickwick and even Wilson uh, smallmouth fishing. He ain't gonna give up to crappie fishing though. That that smallmouth is about a two month window and and the rest of the time that joker's still gonna be crappie fishing I imagine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man. I, it sounds like you already hooked up him with some of those guys. If if you have not talked with Lee Pitts or, or Tony Adams in the different areas of the state, I can't think of two better guys for you to talk to than them two, because they are crappie guys. They do it for a living, and they're and they're well connected in the areas and and with sponsors too. I'm not as familiar with Lee as I am Tony, but I, I keep up with Tony. Probably one of the best guys in the state. You know, just as far as. He posts pictures. There's You're not going to go with him and not limit out. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and he's just now, it ain't the electronics that's doing it for him. It's time on the water. Time on the water. I don't know that anybody puts more work into it than he does. I, I don't, I don't, I don't either. He stays busy with the trips and, and they keep catching them day in and day out. Um, yeah, they do. They that, do for sure. That's a great fishery down there. Uh, and we're hoping that we can attract some of them guys that, you know, maybe I'll go fish Alabama Crop Masters tournament on Saturday because I can make more money if I win that tournament than I could doing a guided trip. Uh, that's right. You know, that's like we got a national champion sitting within the state lines and Eric Cagle. Eric Cagle is the 2020 national champion with Crop Masters. Wow. So you're hoping to attract those guys, and, and he's a big-time guide. He uh, mostly guides, I guess, on Lake Martin. And then actually during the summer months, he spends three to four months guiding Grenada. You know, real quick, well, we've got a little time left. Let's talk about uh, how these. So you 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 made the comment it's a seven fish limit in a crappie tournament, right? And and it's total weight of those seven fish. Yeah. Okay, all right, that helps. And, and that's, that's Good how it stuff. works. And, and you know, in, in really promoting the state trail, things that I have learned, you know, just tournament fishing, because it what it did is it forced me to fish new lakes. Well, we're you know, Cedar Lake, Little Bear Creek, uh, Bear Creek Reservoir, Pickwick, you know, we're mostly fishing white crappie, 
in in our area. And so we go to Wise Lake last December, and these guys were were hammering the black crappie. Well, we don't target black crappie that much. Sometimes we get in them, but you know, oh, that that wasn't really what we what our lakes are you know full of, and Wise is just full of them. And and they it, they was fishing shallow. You know, we was in mm-hmm. December and. You know, December here, when we had fished December a week before here at home, I was fishing 45 foot of water, you know, depth wise. These Goodness. Guys were fishing two to three, two to three foot out to 12 foot. So, you know, I'm out there beating around in that deep water because I'm like, no, this is winter fishing. This is where they're going to be. And I couldn't find them. Uh, we was the only team that day that showed up with one fish at weigh in. But, but I learned something that day it yep. was yeah okay these guys moved up in december when the water temp you know when the water temps down in the 40s here uh, i'm out in that deep water just having a field day and these guys was up in them shallow flats you know catching these big old black crappie in the shallows and and that was a that was a learning experience for me uh but but everywhere we've been that was outside of my home lake we, we learned something you know and a lot of guys don't on, on, you know, just fishing tournaments, whether that's bass fishing, crappie fishing, whatever, whatever the choice of species is, it, you know, when, when you're going around and you're figuring out how guys are catching them and, and girls are catching them uh, in other places, that that was a big learning curve for me. That what I thought I knew, I really, I really didn't know, you know, and right, thought I had it figured you out. You knew it on your lake, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and thought, you know, I had the crappie fishing figured out to a T that. We was going to show up and we was going to win tournaments and and that was not the case. You know, it forced us out of that comfort zone of of what we knew and what we was good at, and it made us have to fish other ways and different depths and uh, different presentations than what what we was you know catching limits on a regular basis back home. And but what has happened on the days that normally we didn't catch fish, you know, didn't really understand why we didn't catch fish. You know, and then this year, it's made the bad days on the home pond a little less bad, you know, uh, because we tried those different things that we used in different parts of the state or the southeast this year, and and it translated into bigger bags on the free fishing days. And, and a lot of people yeah. don't look at it like that. And, and the people that you meet, you know, like, like Eric Cagle, you know, being a national champion, I mean, they, that guy, he will tell you whatever you want to know, and and there's just a wealth of knowledge in that brain, you know, for tournament fishing. You know, he he's a guide, a full time guide. He, he crappie fishes for a living. That's what he does, and uh, whether that's tournaments or or guided trips, and he, he's just and you meet people like that, like Steve Coleman and and Ronnie Caps. I've idolized them my entire life, and you meet them on the national trail. And they talk to you like they've known you, known you your whole life, and and right. willing to share information. And it's just these guys on the crappie trail. I guess you know because it is a smaller and it's a smaller group in the bass fishing. It's just a and these guys are, are taking people under their wing and teaching them because they they want the sport to grow and they're great ambassadors of the sport. And that's what we're trying to do as well as promote it and, and try to grow it and try to help people. That's just like, I, I'm a little camera shy myself, but we're going to start a YouTube page called Alabama Crappie TV. 
But nice. I want to help people. I want to, you know, that's something we enjoy. You know, I enjoy catching the fish, but, but I enjoy that my wife and both kids, you know, they like eating them and that we have a fish fry and have a family dinner. You know, uh, I, I want I want more of that for for more people, and it not just be those. Man, you need to go, you need to go fishing with that guy. He knows how to catch some crappie. You know, there, there there's people has access to resources now, uh, live sonar and the electronics, just like we touched on earlier. It, it's it's shortening the learning curve for people. Yeah, that's right. Be, because you know, I, I set my boat up. You know, two years ago, I was just using the depth finder with the gray backdrop, and it looked like goldfish crackers coming across the screen. Yeah. You know, right. beginning of last year, I bought my first Lawrence units that had mapping and side imaging, and uh, then got my first live scope uh, last summer. Didn't really get to start using it uh, due to work and stuff like that until uh, late fall on in the wintertime. And it just, but, but it, it makes it more efficient. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I, I don't get to. I know there's there's some guys here, some older guys that fish our home lakes. They're retired, so so I mean they deserve to fish four or five days a week. That's what they want to do, and and that's what they do, and spend a lot of time on the water. And they're doing it without the electronics, you know, the fancy stuff as they like to call it. But 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 they're getting to to spend time on the water to find them, to where you know, and you don't have to have live sonar. But, you know, just having a side imaging with a good down scan because you can find these brush piles in old school. My, my grandpa taught me that a long time ago and throw that buoy out there and mark it and go back to it. Yeah. Uh, same thing I'm doing with my Lawrence units. When I find something, I'll drop a waypoint and I can go back to it. Um, so, I mean, that, it, it is making it more. It, it, crappie fishing has never been easier to get into than it is right now. Yeah, they no doubt. Yeah, that's why it's like, you know, uh, I know there's that's a hot topic on the live sonar. Like, that's the going to be the end of crappie fishing. And I tell you, I ain't never seen so many boats as we did on Weiss back in March with Crappie USA. It looked like the interstate going down in them creeks and sloughs. But that lake is full of nine, ten-inch fish. I mean, just packed everywhere. I, I was going to ask you, you know, you, you've seen the tournament, you know, you, you've been all around the state, seen the tournaments and the weigh-ins and stuff like that. What lake in the state is do you think is producing the heaviest weights? If I told you, you'd probably shock you. I can't wait to hear it. So set, set aside the Alabama River. Some of the biggest crappie that I've ever laid my hands on is Wilson Lake here in North Alabama. When we won, we won Crappie USA here back in December in the pro division, and you had the you can trailer, so you could fish Pickwick or Wilson, and we was the only boat in the field to fish Wilson. And that's not a lake you're going to go to and just pull up on them, you know. But big for big fish, uh, that that's a good lake for big fish. Um, that's awesome. I would not have I would not have picked and, that. And one. it's probably shouldn't have said that, but you know, uh, it is what it is, and <laughs> I'm gonna be honest about it. In my experience, yeah. Uh, Wilson Wilson is putting out big fish. It's not putting out. It's not. Pickwick is is an awesome crappie lake. You know that you can pull up on a brush pile, and you know in the right area on the right day and catch a two man limit. You know, but and, and it's putting out some big fish too. You know, fifteen pounds. Uh, that was twenty 
2021, when Crop USA was on Pickwick Wilson, the guy wanted on Pickwick 15 pounds and some change, roughly. So, uh, you know, that's, that, that's putting out some big numbers. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, but there's just so many places uh, all up and down. The there country. is. I'm uh, so fortunate. We got so many good places in the state, know, no doubt. And, and I, I'm blessed in the sense that, that if I had a good enough arm and could have played quarterback, I could throw a rock to you know, three different places right here that's just slap full of crappie. We we are very fortunate, you know, to have those lakes which I feel like I feel like in the long run, you know, uh me and my dad we, we got some plans and, you know, some aspirations for the state trail that that that's gonna translate, you know, into into those better turnouts and encourage the newcomers. That's just like in three weeks I've had seven people that's never fished a crappie tournament who message wanting to know how to get involved with it. You know, they want to fish. And that's exciting for that's me. That's great. Because I was that guy last December. You know, I wanted I wanted to do the tournament fishing. Actually, my wife has pushed me to do it for two or three years before I ever even entered my first one because it was always, well, I'm not ready, you know. But what I didn't realize when I was saying that was if I had just showed up, you know, and just fished just that one that first time, well, then the next time I was going to be more ready when I showed up the next time. Uh, That's just, right. Just from learning. I've learned more tournament fishing this year than I have in a lifetime of just going out free fishing, trying to catch limits. And, and ultimately, That's strong. <laughs> I mean, you, you add a new element, and you're trying to catch the seven best fish, and, and it gets hard. That's right. But, but then it That's translated it. back home to, well, then it became easier just to go out and catch, catch a, a, limit. a, a 30-man limit or a 30-fish 30, 30 limit, you know. And that's what I didn't realize, and that's what I want people to realize. that. Well, man, it sounds like we got the right guys at the helm now, and, and I'm excited to, to see where, where y'all are able to take it. I know y'all going to take it north. Y'all going to take it in the right direction, and, and it's going to grow, and it sounds like it's already started. And, and man, with, with, the, you know, with the way that y'all will promote it and the – and and let you know get the word out about these tournaments i think a lot of people don't even maybe don't even realize there's a crappie trail and um the more they hear about it through our podcast through social media through uh, local fishermen that are part of the trail i know it's just going to continue to grow especially when you now that y'all are getting the payouts up there it's going to pique more interest and so, man, I'm ex- I'm excited for the future uh, of the Alabama Crappie Trail, and excited that you guys are are taking the lead on this. So, man, Wesley, thank you for what you're doing with it. And if somebody wants to find out about the tournaments, where they're going to be, when they're going to be, uh, what's what's the best? Is there a website that they can go to? Is it is it? Can they contact you? How's the best way for people that may have questions to find out the answers? Yeah, if they on Facebook, it's probably the best way. We're we're, we're trying to keep the page active. Um, Alabama Crappie Masters on Facebook. Uh, we actually have the schedule, the rules, uh, and, and you know the important posts pinned to the top of the timeline, so it's easy to find for people and. Uh, I'm not sure if Crappie Masters, uh, the actual national trail, which would be croppymasters.net, if they have it updated yet, but they will also have a schedule for for the upcoming season posted on croppymasters.net as well. So, uh, which our rules is a little different than the national trail with Crappie Masters because we are under that umbrella. You know, I did have the luxury to tweak the rules 
because we don't have to play by their rules necessarily. But it's just easier to play by their rules for the most part, except we implemented that you can have a third teammate in the boat that was under the age of 16 because, I mean, that, that's how you grow the sport is you gain the excitement of, of the young generation. Uh, the same way my grandpa had me in a boat with him from the time that he didn't have to change my diapers no more. And, and that instilled yeah. that excitement in me at a young age. And, and that's what we're hoping to do, you know, with the trail to encourage people to, to bring the, the kids and the grandkids and, or the nieces and nephews, whatever kids, in, you know, in the family that, that wants to go fishing, uh, look, let's load them up and take them fishing. You know, it would tickle me more than anything to, to have a hundred boat turnout and every boat in the field have a youth on the boat with them. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. That's awesome. That's how you build it, I mean, right? that's how you build it, and that's how you keep it going yep. for years to come. That's right. There's, there's too much good crappie fishing here in the state that there's no reason – not to take a kid fishing and you know not be able to have some success uh, yeah no doubt about it well man wesley i appreciate it man thank you for your time and and guys if you're interested like he said go to alabama crappie masters on facebook check out their facebook page be sure to follow it and uh let's spread the word about this thing man and grow it man yeah that's that's, that's, that's right. the name of it right there good stuff man well wesley thank you for your time man look forward to having you back on soon brother oh yeah thank you you have a good day all right you too thank you end of another great segment well let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors united bank united bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy at united bank they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, what an exciting segment that was with Wesley and um, man, he's right. We've got so many incredible crappie lakes around the state and uh, you know, the crappie fishing sometimes gets overshadowed because we're also such a big bass tournament state, but man, these crappie fishermen need a place to, they need some love too. And it sounds like Wesley's going to grow this thing and I'm excited to see where it goes for sure. And all right, folks, that is going to wrap the show up for this week. So please, wherever you listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, leave us a review. And if you would like us to email you the show each and every week so you don't have to go find it, all you have to do is text the word fishing to 647-558-9895. And to get that AFCO free sun protection mask, 
promo code and also be added to our email list. Thank you, guys. Enjoy this wonderful weather. Get out on the water and uh, wish y'all all the success. Talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com.